Hey, kids. You're about to... Whoa. Whoa. Almost felt like the ground was shaking. Uh, you're about to listen to a comedy... Whoa! A comedy podcast. That means that none of this is medical... Whoa! Advice. If you need medical... Whoa! Advice for medical care. Oh, please contact your doctor. Welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast featuring DJ Dylan in the house. Name a better DJ from a medically improvised comedy podcast. I'll wait. Introducing your host, Dr. London Smith. Hello, and welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast, where we discuss fitness and health and how to incorporate our modern understanding of science and medicine into our daily lives, but without it being so boring. I'm your host, DrLondonSmith.com. I'd like to begin by apologizing to our listeners. We received some feedback about the excessive amount of technical medical terms that I've been using, such as isolated diaphyseal humeral fracture and oigovna. So I will try to temper my terminology to a simpler one in the future. Here to help with that is our producer, Cameron. Well, well, well. If it isn't doctor, huge quotation marks there, London. Hey, doctor. Hey, hey, doctor London. Hello. If you're such a doctor, then why don't you tell me what this is? Ah! Oh, okay. So that's. You mean your mask? No, the thing holding the mask. A fist? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Are you threatening me? That. Is that what that is? Oh, no. I just, I've been, I just couldn't tell. Well, I like that you which... painted your nails like that. Yeah. Big X. Yeah. No, I appreciate you helping me out. That's been frustrating me all morning. Oh, with oh, the name of that body part? When it, yeah, it's a fist. I guess most of the time I'm, I well, I'm looking at it outward like this. Because mm-hmm. most of the time when I see my fist, I'm knocking on someone's door because of the like campaigning and petitioning that I do. Right. And so it's mostly knock, knock, knock. And so then today when I was trying to put on this my mask and I had my hand like this, I saw a whole new side of something that I thought I was familiar with. Okay, yeah, so... And that's sort of why, so the red X's that I put on my nails, I'm sort of, um, I don't know, kind of denying their existence. I'm saying no, 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 because I, it's hard for me to understand what they are, what their purpose is right now. Okay, so that's not, like, to help you, you know... And make... this is the scientific method, is it not? Yes. We, are, we, we, we think we know everything about something, and we familiarize ourselves with new information... Mm-hmm. And this expands our mind. So today it might be the part of my, you know, door knocker thingy has a front part. That's new knowledge that we can then incorporate into new levels of science. Yeah, I. And that's what this podcast is all about. So this is, you know, this is a bigger step forward for you in your progression. Mm-hmm. Being able to discover another part of your body because you just normally hold it a certain way. Uh, Yeah, for you, this is a new discovery. So, you know what? Congratulations, Cameron. You're learning some anatomy. Yeah, this is massive. Thank you. Yeah. All right. 
Well, um, also with us is DJ Dylan the Hose. Well, well, well. That's new knowledge that we can then incorporate into new levels of science. Put on the mask. Put on the mask. Put on the mask. Put on the my mask. Oi, governor! Nice one, DJ Dylan. Ooh, Dylan, that was very spicy. And unfortunately, if you are a listener to this show, two weeks ago, I was able to learn how to play sound effects on this show, but I was only able to learn one sound effect, which is that's a spicy meatball. Mm -hmm. That would be perfect for right now where I just said spicy. Unfortunately, I have lost that ability and that connector thingy. Well, okay, because you kept... You kept saying that you were hacked, and that's how you lost it. It, it must be hacked, because now the only thing that I'm able to play is this montage of, of Jim Carrey that I found on YouTube. And, and so before, it was Jim Carrey screaming, that's a spicy meatball from The Mask. Now it's a five-minute montage that's very emotional, and it's not as funny or punchy. Yeah. When I was about 28, after a no, decade and I, as a I don't know if we'll have to pay for that, so let's go ahead and LA, turn that off, maybe. The of my life. But uh, unfortunately, that's the only sound effect I'm able to do on this show. And so that's, I mean, that's going to have to be the theme song, that's going to have to be the audience, that's going to have to be everything from now on, is just this. It sounds, I mean, it's not even clips from the movie. It's, it's visual clips from the movie, but the audio sounds like it's just Jim Carrey talking about acting. Yeah, I'm Which not... we all know, famously, his... his uh, famous method of acting is just being a mean person to people As, well that wasn't really my my take so much like Ferris Ventura he acted like a bird from what I understand a- anyway later Cameron tells me that we can expect a special guest a, another doctor Cameron you've kind of been on a roll bring in that's right Dr. London yeah, all these medical professionals I, I've granted, been on a roll I watched the effect of what uh, yeah, okay, it no, just doesn't I, have the it just doesn't have the same punchy effect. Not quite cuz I I think I was going to say that you should just adapt, but maybe just don't play a clip because it, if you don't have control over what you're playing. Let's try it in a few new spots throughout the show and then we'll we'll see how it turns out. Right, well, uh, before we move on. Oh, it's Jim Carrey's commencement address at the 2014 Mum graduation. Oh, your mom graduated. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we move on, I would like to address uh, a bit of listener feedback. This note comes from a baseball that I noticed flying through the air towards me. The sun was behind it, so I couldn't tell exactly where the ball was until it, it you know, hit, hit me in the, in the face. Um, but this note was attached to that ball. The note reads, quote, I can't read this. It's not cursive. End quote. Uh, so first of all, I would like to thank you so much for reaching out to the Jock Doc podcast. Yes. T- t- to answer your question, maybe I should 
maybe I should just go ahead and clarify for all our listeners that this podcast, uh, it's created in an audio format. So, you know, perhaps, you know, this, this listener was referring to the transcriptions of the episodes. And in that case, I suppose that I must apologize because you are correct in saying that those are not written in cursive. Well, uh, and you know what, Dr. London, this, this patient story reminds me of uh, when I was just but a boy. Couldn't have been more than, I don't know, two foot, three foot or so. And I would go down to the store. We had, you know, two competing stores. We had, you know, Mr. Bilkinson on one side and we had Mr. Wilkinson working at the other shop. And I would go back and forth as they would lower their prices for the sweet candy that I would get inside. One would be 30 cents and then the next day the next one would say 29 cents. And I would go back and forth. And you know what Mr. Wilkinson had said to me? Oh, sorry. No, no. I do. You, do you remember at all? I don't know. Do what, you know what he said to me? What Mr. Wilkinson said to you? Yeah, because you just went back and forth across the street. Uh huh. Do you say like pick a store? Or this is the part I don't remember. Oh, I was hoping I've told you this story before and you could remember what he had told me because I remember it made a huge impression on my life. The parts that you do remember. Yeah, but you think he just said, like, hey, just pick a store. You've got to stop coming back and forth. It seems like, yeah, that level of indecision could be trouble for you. And maybe if you just make a decision, then that can simplify things. And this... Yeah. Sorry, this story, this uh, this listener note about, you know, writing in cursive, mm-hmm. that's what reminded you of going from store to store growing up while you're eight years old just but a boy two or three feet tall mm-hmm. okay have been more than that all right well um well anyway to this listener it is my understanding that most people actually have an easier time uh reading when something is not written in cursive but you know maybe i'm wrong maybe it is easier for some people uh thank you for listening Now for today's medical topic, mesothelioma. Mesothelioma is a type of malignancy that involves the mesothelial cells that normally line the body cavities, including the lung pleura, the peritoneum, the pericardium, and the testes. Asbestos is the principal carcinogen implicated in the pathogenesis of malignant pleural mesothelioma. So, um, despite the banning or reduction of asbestos since the 1960s, the incidence of mesothelioma continues to increase because patients actually, they develop mesothelioma 20 to 40 years after asbestos exposure. So that's one reason why a patient's occupational history is important. So they'll come in. So this could be, well, this could be an effective way to follow through on my uh, sort of ultimate plan. Have I told you about this? Is this does this have something to do with the the Wilkinson and Well, I it I how do I explain this in a way that's not going to get me arrested? I need a way for someone to pass on but in a way that's not murder per se. And if you're saying exposing them to asbestos can kind of do that, this could be very interesting. 
And this is okay. for you, by the way. This isn't for me. Okay, well, just to... And No, 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 I'm not trying to kill you. But you're trying to kill someone for me. On your behalf. Yes, sir. Okay, well, I can go ahead and say now, I don't want you to kill anyone on my behalf. Oh, you are going to think differently when you hear what I've got cooked up, Dr. London. Okay. Oh, well, boy. And as another follow-up here, so mesothelioma, the patients develop it uh, 20 to 40 years after exposure to asbestos. So it's really, like, that's a really long-term plan. But uh, anyway, so patients will, uh, let's see, they'll have dyspnea or difficulty breathing. Uh, they'll have non-pleuritic chest wall pain. Um, those are the most common presenting symptoms. And whenever we say non-pleuritic, that means that it's pain that's there even if less they're... than two no n- not plural pleuritic that's a that's referring to the lungs and breathing so pleuritic. here's what we're gonna do okay so you're just gonna skip over my plan entirely here's what we're gonna do are you familiar with the santa claus the 1990 uh tim mm-hmm. allen um you know other guy movie yeah the two guy who played neil he's in a, he's in something else yeah neil Caffrey. now if you matt bomer so the the basic premise of that movie is that Santa Claus passes mm-hmm. on. No one murders Santa. It just happens in an accident. Tim Allen puts on his suit, and he becomes... What does he become? He, he becomes, becomes Santa. Santa Claus. So, sort of signs a contract. Santa, of course, has been this being that's been around for thousands and thousands of years. People have taken his spot. Who does that remind you of? person who's been in the news a lot lately, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci obviously is not a singular person he is sort of a concept he is an eternal being that people have occupied that space for generations and over different periods of civilization wow and so i don't want to murder anyone i don't want anyone to get hurt but if he were to pass on and you were to put on his outfit dr london we could be taking this podcast in your career to a whole new level so so he i that's one concept that I'm going to have to kind of just nail down here because I don't really want any conspiracies to go around. So Dr. Fauci is a is a single person who has mm-hmm. been alive for a limited number of years. Like I bet if you looked him up, you could actually find the exact amount of years old that he is. So Santa... People have tried. Have you actually tried? Do it. Do it right now on your computer and tell me what pops up. Yeah, I... For our listeners, you know, because I really don't want to, I want to dispel myths here. So, Dr. Fauci, age. Yeah, your computer freezes up, doesn't it? The internet is pretty bad here, but that's that's the internet, it's not... Yeah, your computer freezes up when you try to look up his real age. It's not going to tell you, Dr. London. What did you do to my computer? And Dr. Fauci obviously goes by different things in different cultures. Maybe this is where you're getting sort of tripped up. In America, he is Dr. Fauci, but you know to the Irish, they might have sort of a, I don't know, like a Celtic kind of Dr. Fauci, like a shamrock or something. Yeah. So so anyway, so patients... Um... And my mom used to collect these little glass figurines of all the different types of Dr. Fauci's throughout the world. Uh, patients will, um, so they'll have that, that difficulty breathing, the chest wall pain with malignant mesothelioma. Uh, and at least one of those two will occur in 60 to 90% of patients. They'll have um, 
you know, easy fatigability, fever, sweats, weight loss. Those are uh, all common symptoms with that, as with a lot of cancers. Um, patients may be asymptomatic as well, just with evidence of pleural effusion noted incidentally on physical exam or by chest radiograph. In uh, patients with malignant mesothelioma, they might discover that pleural effusion just by percussion and auscultation, so listening and then tapping on the lungs. I just picture um, you staring into the mirror so frustrated because you just want to be yourself. You didn't want to take on this responsibility, so you dye your hair back to its normal color black, and you're like, finally. But then you, you know, you, you wash off your face a little bit. When you take your hands down, you look in the mirror, and it's gray again instantly. So, okay, so you, you know that I would be frustrated to take on that role. Of course so it is, because that level that? of responsibility can be frustrating. But eventually you learn that this is what you were meant to do. I think the guy... Until someone, of course, you know, kills you and then wears your outfit and becomes you. Yeah. Eventually. I, I just feel like this isn't really... That's not what I want, because I have my own separate path that I'm on. Does that make sense? You're saying you have a level of agency that is not controlled by Dr. Fauci's outfit? That I do not wish to be controlled by Dr. Fauci's outfit. And also, I think this may not... I don't want you to kill Dr. Fauci, if that's what you're... No one is killing anyone. Some people are exposing other people to asbestos. How can I make that more clear? Okay. So malignant mesothelioma is a difficult diagnosis to establish. So the pathologist should actually be warned if the index of suspicion is high. Like say if they have those symptoms and uh, you know they come in and everything and they have the occupational exposure. Thoracoscopically guided biopsies should be performed if mesothelioma is suggested. And these results are diagnostic in 98% of cases. Treatment options for the management of malignant mesothelioma include surgery, chemotherapy, radiation, and, you know, a multimodality treatment. Uh, surgery in patients with disease confined to the pleural space is reasonable. But for all these options, um, specific treatment modality will depend on sort of the individual patient's presentation. And actually, so I wouldn't want someone to have to go through this disease anyway, regardless of because this is a very, this could be a slow, painful thing, difficulty breathing. So sure. Okay, so, so you're saying let's make it swift, a little more decisive, a little more immediate. I'm just saying rule this out as something to do to someone in general. What if while he's standing next to the subway tracks? Okay. And you were to accidentally drop your mask and then cough in his direction. You don't think he's going to go, whoo! I, and then he you might. rush onto the tracks, put on his outfit, and then suddenly... I can tell you from experience, the effect... <laughs> you think he'll drop his outfit? ...is the most valuable currency there is. Because yeah. Again, it just does not work. Yeah. It's... This is really frustrating. Do you want me to, do you want me to say it instead? Like, that's a spicy meatball! Is that... There we go. Yeah, that, yeah that'd be good. Okay. So just, I'll try to, so that you have that, because it sounds like you need that. Yeah. Okay. Maybe once every, we'll say 25 seconds. I don't know if I'll say that, but but sure, I'll, I'll try to do that some for your sake. Especially if you agree to not 
make someone pass away for my sake. All right. Well, we'll see what happens, and we'll see who becomes the new Fauci. Where you're going to find your sense of completion. Uh, that's a spicy meatball. Alright, we can we can move on from there. Cameron, you said that we have a, a doctor as a guest today, is that right? That's right, Dr. London. We have with us today a very, very special guest. And I established last week that special does not mean that they can dunk. Okay. You and- were really fixated on the guest not being Shaquille O'Neal, and I, I am just gonna reiterate it's not Shaquille O'Neal. And not Stop necessarily... asking if it's Shaquille O'Neal. Well, the other one was also, you know, are they handicapped in some manner? But anyway, yeah, we can um, just get... Uh, hello. Our guest might be able to dunk. I just want to say, I feel like we're assuming too much by assuming that she cannot dunk, and I feel like this is something that could be discussed. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So I guess that's the first question before we introduce you. Uh, can you dunk and uh, I guess... Any, if you have any, uh, I guess that's uncomfortable to ask about the handicaps or whatever. But yeah, can you dunk? Oh, Dr. London, thank you so much for asking. I actually am able to dunk and I have been able to dunk since I was a little girl and I was about two or three feet high. Um, Shaquille O'Neal, actually a very close friend of the family, and he would put me up on his shoulders and we would be about 12 feet tall, both of us stacked together, and we would dunk all day and all night. Wow. Shaquille O'Neal, famously 10 feet tall. Yes. And, okay, so I guess in a sense that would be your handicap then, is that you do have to be picked up by Shaquille O'Neal in order to dunk. And well, not anymore. Okay, okay. So that's that was just an origin now it can story be a, for you. A ne- when you say not anymore, does that mean not anymore because you can dunk on your own or not anymore because all sorts of people can pick you up to help you dunk? Both. I okay. find that once one can dunk on one one's own, they can also dunk with the help of anyone else. I guess that okay. is true. Wouldn't you agree? That's very valid. Yes. I I, I I completely get that. Like if I if I've learned how to bake a cake and then I ask someone to help me also just to make things a little easier, I'm you know, I'm still baking a cake. Let me ask you this. Have you ever gone to put the cake right in the oven and someone just smacks it right out of your hand? Denied. Yeah, you know Denied. who did it? Denied. You know who did that? Tell Shaquille me. Shaquille O'Neal. Denied. He has multitudes within him. So He said, I've got too much of a sweet tooth and I really can't right now because he was on Atkins at the point. This is 2000 and... You know, 2002, 2003-ish. We were all on Atkins, 2002, yeah. 2003. And he was like, oh, no, wait, I can't be eating that. And so we slapped the, the cake out of my hands. He's a, yeah, so, a heartbreaker, a yeah. dream taker, a cake and, unbaker. And a mess maker. There was cake all over my floor. Now, Dr. London, you're trying to ask something? Oh, I was just going to introduce the guest... And since it's kind of a medical podcast, I just wanted to briefly ask if our guest could dunk. Like that was a playful opener, not necessarily, not, I mean, not necessarily where I want the interview to be focused, if that makes sense. Okay, but, um, I guess. This is your show. Do what you want with it. If you want it to be boring and dry and blah, 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 and no one knows anything about if whether or not the guest can dunk, then that's your show, I guess. 
Hi, well, welcome. Uh, my name is Dr. London Smith, com, and this is our producer, Cameron. What was your name? Oh, man. I'm so tired. It's just the, God, just the way that question was asked. <clears throat> just put me in a funk, I guess. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. Could you could you tell us your name a little bit? Oh, oh, absolutely. I will tell you my name just a little bit. I am Dr. Natasha Montblanc. Um... And I'm here today to discuss my research in intestinal seismology. Wow. Okay. Intestinal seismology. Yes, intestinal seismology. It's an emerging field. Um, I am a semi-recent graduate of the Pritzker School of Medicine in Chicago. And um, my final, yes, uh, during my final year of medical school, I was recruited by a new pharmaceutical company called Vectis. And is that you were choking up a little bit when you brought them up? Is that? Yeah. Does that? It is sentimental just because I have um, struggled like so many people have. It's it's nothing unique to me. We have all struggled. For various reasons. Okay. Well, you don't have to minimize it, but that's all right. So you are allowed to say, um, you know, stuff. You don't have to be like, well, someone's already, someone's already done that. So for example, if I, if, if I was telling a story about like someone parking in their garage, but I was like, you know what? Someone already else has a story about parking in their garage. So I can't even say it on this show. We do allow um, people to share struggles and experiences, even if other people have had struggles and experiences. That is unique to this show, and that's why people listen. Well, I was so hesitant to tell Three my people. story about Shaq because, you know, mm. other people have dunked with Shaq. Yeah. Charles Barkley probably has a story about dunking with Shaq, and then it's what can I offer that, that Charles Barkley doesn't already offer to the world? And it, we, we, we try, to, try to push that away because we're a pretty positive show. Yeah, and our, our three listeners value that. Yes. Are we included in those three? I There's no way to really know. Um, unfortunately, I have not been able to figure out the IP addresses of where they are, you know, which computer they're attached to. It's been mostly satellites to track them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I don't know the IP address information. I do have heat maps of where they are at all times. Yeah, of course. And the cameras that are on their their homes and in their homes and their cars, uh, but no, we no doctor. We don't have all the rest. Doctor, it, it, wait, do I say Doctor Montblanc or do I say Doctor Blanc? No, Montblanc, please. Um, and that may sound familiar to you. Yes, I am the black sheep of the Montblanc pen family, but we aren't here to talk about that or about how Wilhelm is Daddy's favorite. You know, none of that. So wait, 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 you're from some sort of an, uh, could you, could you maybe tell our listeners a little bit about this, this family of yours? Yes. Uh, I would like to, but I feel like someone's already said it before and it's not really my story to tell. That is, that's an interesting point. I do want to bring up, I don't remember if this has been brought up on the show previously. No, we were talking but about we it are allowed to, before we recorded, but not on the show. But we are allowed to talk about things even though other people might have a story about it. Okay, fine. I'll tell you a little bit about my home life, what it was like growing up for me, knowing that mommy and daddy took Wilhelm to see... I'm sorry, I'm crying a little bit. 
to see a production of Stump, a production of Stump with all mesothelioma patients just doing that, the percussive things on their chest. Or, you know, when Wilhelm would hear stories every night during the winter and he would put his little tiny shoes out for Dr. Fauci to fill with candies and toys and I wasn't mm-hmm. allowed to. Yeah, oh, wow. Your parents favored Wilhelm a little more than you, huh? So much. And now he's, you know, the CEO of Montblanc Pens, and I'm just a dumb doctor, you know, paving the way in intestinal seismology, but Daddy doesn't want to hear it. Okay, so... Okay, you said you were about to start giving an introduction. I feel like that was a a great introduction to it. So we... Anyway, so... Uh, intestinal seismology. So if I understand correctly, you're saying the like seismology, that's the study of, you know, like earthquakes, that's vibrations in the earth, but applied to the intestinal tract. Is that right? Absolutely. Something that you need to know about seismology as it applies to our bodies and also our planet is that there are three different types of plate boundaries. There is the divergent boundary, which is where two plates move away from each other. There is a convergent boundary where one plate goes under the other, and then there is a transform boundary where the plates slide laterally against each other without incident. My research has applied that to the parts of the digestive system, specifically the small intestine. And I have seen a lot of cases in, I'd say like 65-year-old men who are presenting with a swollen abdomen and um, I want to say acid reflux. And then I look at them under a microscope and I see that it's really bad in there. You start to see plates shifting. Well, we're talking I about, hope, earth, we're talking about earthquakes and tummies, right? Uh, in layman's term, yes. It, I would say it is earthquakes in tummies. We could, we could, I mean, we could make it a little more medical and say, you know, earthquakes in... Um, the, you know, in your, in your, in your food area. Well, That's a little more doctory. So, so when we talk about plates shifting, that sounds a lot more like geology than it does, you know, gastroenterology. Well, uh, that's... Dr. London, why are you, are you, are you questioning the medical science of our guest? You know, producer Cameron, I so appreciate you sticking up. Yeah. So I feel like, uh, I'm just trying to connect the dots for our listeners because we're applying some uh, some terms from geology to you know gastroenterology and possibly even uh, you know physiology and anatomy, and I'm not sure that those paths you know necessarily cross with those specifics like the plate you know you're talking about the divergent plates and everything they're growth plates I don't know if you if you were referring to something like that, but those are, you know, in the bones. No, what I'm speaking of, what I'm researching is when the duodenum and the ileum uh, mm-hmm. slide past each other on occasion. And okay. um, oftentimes we see, unfortunately, a convergent boundary right there where the ileum begins to dive underneath... Um, something else in there. Okay, yeah. And the way, Dr. Montblanc, the way you're just sort of schooling Dr. London right now, he clearly 
is so thrown off and so confused by all this terminology because it's not exactly what he learned from his fancy medical school. So now he's going to come in here and be like, oh, that's not real medicine. I mean, this is what I have to deal with every single day. Dr. London, could you please remind me what your specialty is? Uh, I'm general. I Mm. kind of any and all. (laughs) 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 Oh, how did I know that you were going to say that? So, and sorry, so what you're describing is, you know, a telescoping of, you know, part of the intestinal tract into itself. So that is something that I'm aware of. It's just not referred to as tectonic plates or whatever. It's uh... intestinal seismology. Yes, I am on the cutting edge of this research for Vectis, the new pharmaceutical company um, that I work for. Okay. So what what brings you on the show then? What brings you on the Jock Doc podcast? Well, I I just came to share my research and um, you know really uh, spread the word like like two divergent plates <laughs> um, about what I'm doing and uh, how I can help maybe some of your listeners if they wanted to uh, join my trial and um, yeah I'm just uh, you know here to you know keep my grant so um, Ooh. now I'm interested in this trial. What what is the trial consist of, and what do I get out of it if I were to decide to uh, be one of these trialees? Absolutely. Um, so what we are doing right now, we're doing a double-blind study. Well, let me step back. We're recruiting for a double-blind study. We will be taking um, men of a certain age who My, are... I got to stop here there. My eyesight's twenty twenty. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to qualify this. Oh, 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 double blind is not anything to do with eyesight, Cameron. I'm so sorry to tell you this. Um, It's actually where there's two groups of uh, people in the trial and and no one knows, neither the people who are in the trial nor the people who are administering the trial, no one knows which group is actually getting the medication and which or the treatment and which is getting the placebo. Okay. But so my the fact that I can see twenty twenty after I put my contacts in the fact that I can see that's that's totally okay. That's totally okay. However, I do think that you are a bit too young to be involved in the study. Um, intestinal seismology issues mainly present in men who are about sixty two. See, I'm not sixty two, but I have been told by many doctors that most of the inside of my body is ranges around 75. Okay, then maybe you are a, cl- a good candidate for this. Um, so, Do you have any symptoms that could be related to intestinal seismology? Uh, not, I don't, I don't know the specifics. I do, the idea of a earthquake happening constantly uh, inside my body sounds familiar. That sounds like something that happens to me quite consistently. Uh, and, and then in terms of, of, proving that my my internal digestive system is probably aged around 75 years old is that i swear the other day i heard it talking about the prices right yes i've actually found that to be a contraindication of this type of issue yep okay one little i just want to jump in here so what you described 
you know, a sort of a telescoping, what you call the, the plates moving together. So that is known as, you know, intussusception. And you, you keep describing it as being something for older men, which it's more of a, a thing that happens to babies. And it's a pretty rare thing to happen. So I'm just wondering where, I guess, is there a particular demographic where you've started to see this specifically, like as a caused by... I don't know, some other drug or something? Because it's, I, I don't mean to be critical, but I'm just, you know, I want to keep our listeners informed. And I, I, I know you're trying to keep this grant, so I don't want to jeopardize anything for you. But I just, you know, I want to keep things on the right level here. No, I appreciate your attention to detail and your inquisitive nature. I really do. Um... Like I said, we're seeing this mostly in older men, and um, it is kind of a new field of study, so I'm not surprised you haven't heard of it. Also, you're a GP, so what do you even know? That is valid, Dr. London. I've been saying this for, I mean, the entire run of this podcast is that here we've got this guy, Dr. London, born of privilege, fed with a silver spoon, and I don't even think he ever went to medical school can't prove it there's no pictures from it and i can't find any friends that he had during that time impossible to find dr london wait sorry right you've tried to find my friend well just last week right we had uh a former uh my my attending i sure as hell don't remember that his name was dr dank like you just just met someone from that time period of my life it was it was sorry it was after medical school it was during residency all that to say you're you're a gp you don't know jack shit well i'm not trying to imply that he doesn't know anything it's just that gastroenterology is kind of my specialty and intestinal seismology is pretty much a field that i've entirely made up on my own so i don't expect a lot of other people to understand it or even recognize it yeah. Okay. So you are struggling with a recognition of it, which and this this is sort of a behavior that I've recognized in Doctor London is that I mean there are, there are things that I'm extremely knowledgeable about because I sort of invented the field, and when I try to bring it to Doctor London, he's like, no, you can't do that. You can't play that game that way. You can't involve guns in a game, and it's it's like it's my game. I invented the rules, and yet his arrogance is just so. I don't know, so strong and so prideful that he comes in and he says, no, you can't play the game like that. Yeah, well, It's my game. I invented it. This is just, it's it's the entitlement of Dr. London. Well, your game was to use, you know, an actual firearm just on mm-hmm. the on the video game that you were playing. And so, it, yeah, just a classic duck hunt. What would make duck hunt a little more interesting fire like actual firepower so you, instead of the weak little like lame little pew pew like pea shooter toy that comes with it well but then you had to buy a new what TV. if i was get what if i brought my own handgun to the game yeah it's just then you lost you said TV. no don't do that that's my tv yeah yeah sorry that was <sighs> all i'm saying is like maybe you should try to listen a little more instead of trying to tell people that their field doesn't exist or that it doesn't make sense or that it's combining terms from other fields. And maybe Dr. London, you should just take a second and think to yourself and just remember the fact, the effect that you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Yeah. 
Besides, I mean, besides like cash. Of course. Yeah. And fancy pens. Yeah, but you know, it just like besides that, like I mean, definitely, definitely. So anyway, I guess we can we can discuss because maybe Cameron, like I'm not sure that I can endorse or or even recognize what you're doing on a me- medical you know level, but maybe Cameron is interested in you know applying for your trial, your clinical trial. Is it paid? Well, I'm definitely signing up for the trial. Yeah, what do I get out of this trial? Well, you will get a two-week hospital stay for observation and administration of medication and or placebo treatments. And during this time, you will be uh, evaluated by myself or other doctors like myself who are also practitioners of intestinal seismology and definitely not general practitioners. Um, and we will just be evaluating you constantly and uh, taking your temperature, poking you in the tummy and stuff like that. And Okay. I mean, don't mind having my temperature taken. Don't mind being poked in the tummy constantly. But I mean, is there any, I mean, is there any danger involved in this? Should I be worried that something would happen to me? Well, what, what kind of medication is the, the one that isn't a placebo? What kind of medication are you giving? Because oh, I don't mind that, Dr. London. Whatever medication is fine. It's just... Put in a needle, put it in my arm. I don't, you know, whatever about that. That is your motto. I'm very open-minded when it comes to medications. Well, I certainly appreciate your enthusiasm and willingness to put your body on the line for science, as it would, as it were. And this is what I want to know a little more about. You talk about putting my body on the line. So what, what, what are the potential risks of this? Well, there's inherent risk in any type of medical trial. I mean, there's... There's risk in just going about your everyday life. I want to argue that a little bit. I do want to say there has to have been at least one medical trial that you weren't risking your life to to sign up for. Is that not true? I, I'm ignorant of this field. I just did not realize it was this dangerous. You could always have a reaction to something. Well, I'm not saying it's highly dangerous. You could always have a reaction to something. It's just I... Uh, you know, I need to protect myself. I need to protect my employer, Vectus. And uh, we need to partner together for a cure. And um, if you're interested, I can absolutely send over the paperwork. And we will uh, save a bed for you in the hospital. Okay. Now, the way she has avoided letting me know what the potential risks are kind of tells me that there's probably no risks, right, Dr. London? Well, also just the fact that... So you don't... You probably do not have intussusception. You don't have this telescoping of one part of the intestine into another. And so I don't see how you would even qualify to be a part of this clinical trial. Oh, it's actually, I misspoke earlier. It's actually a triple blind test. Um, You know, the two that I previously described and also... Uh, me, I am also going to be blind and I will also be signing up a bunch of different people who may or may not qualify for the test. That is the third type of blindness. Oh, oh perfect. So, so the recruitment of patients for the trial, that part is blind rather than say, you know, looking for the particular illness, which your drug is supposed to be targeting or demographics uh, that, you know, and without any of the, you know, the usual, like, uh, a, well, age, I guess age is the only part that isn't blind. 
Right. That is pretty much all we're asking for in the application. Except for Cameron. You're making an exception for him. I, I'm not sure if I am because he sounds young, but his intestines are old. So maybe I am and maybe I'm yeah. not. And this is the scientific method, is it not? Yes. I, I don't see it as... This is the scientific method, exactly. Exposing yourself to more information, Dr. Linden. You, th- see, you just don't get it because you're not a curious person. And he's only a GP. <laughs> and he's only a GP. And he might not have even gone to medical school because, again, I can't find a single friend that he went to school with. It's impossible to find. And w- once again, last week we had a guest. I don't remember last week. Okay, well, okay, so you have this trial... And you have this grant. How many, you know, how many people do you expect to have in this trial? It sounds like it'll be a small trial. Oh, quite to the contrary. We are trying to get as many people as possible. I actually get a little bonus on my grant for every person I sign up. So, huh. So you get paid depending on the amount of people that you can get to sign up blindly to be recruited Ooh, for a study. I guess that's the fourth blind, isn't it? Huh. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I, I can like get the yeah this. the expansion of blind. I I feel like that's the scientific method, Doctor London, is just the expansion of blind tests. I just thought of the fifth blind, blind categories. I just thought of the fifth blind. It is one of the risks of this trial. You may be blinded. Oh, that would do it. So, I'm sorry. You just thought of it. So that wasn't. Is that an actual I mean, side I just effect? Re- I mean, I just I, um. To, um, it, it yes, it is a potential side effect of any medication that has ever been invented in every single medical trial that's ever been invented. Blindness is always on yeah. the table, and that's why there's so much paperwork involved in medicine. And I'm sure you'd know that if you weren't just a GP. But um, basically, oh, oh um, I am getting paid per person to sign up, and they might be blind, but thankfully I get paid on the intake, which is great. And um, you know, Wilhelm is Daddy's favorite, so. You know, he's the big pen man now, and I'm just a stupid doctor trying to do a quintuple blind study, the first ever. You know, I'm so stupid. It's like I didn't even go to medical school because no one can find pictures of me there, which is dumb because no one's ever looked and nor should they. I'm going to ask a little bit about you keep bringing up your your brother that you seem to be a little. Oh, you think he's my brother? Oh, uh, well, who, who is Wilhelm? Oh, He's my daddy's pug. Makes it worse, doesn't it? Makes it worse. He was a gift from Shaq. Well, I would have to meet the pug really to make that assessment. Shaq slam dunked that dog into a cardboard box and gave it to daddy for Christmas. Said to daddy from Fauci. How was I supposed to feel? And I know you're telling the truth. I know you're telling the truth because that is exactly how he wraps his gifts, is that he dunks it in the box beforehand. That, That's not something that any any layman would know. All these laymen. And so wait, so your 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 dad's pug has taken over the pin company? Isn't that awful? Isn't that horrible? He wouldn't he couldn't see me as a CEO. I'm a human woman. This dog is a pug. He's already 14. He's not got much left. And here I am, yeah, not the CEO, the black sheep of the family, 
and Wilhelm is daddy's favorite and he's a black pug. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? How is that supposed to make me feel? Of course I'm going to cry when I tell you about my backstory. Of course I'm going to take Aww. a job at Vectis, a pharmaceutical company that perhaps I funded with my share of the Mont Blanc fortune, but I guess we'll never know. Of course I'm going to start a quintuple blind study. Who knows? And I just thought of a new blind, your blind spot while you're driving. Sextuple I, blind study. Yep. That's a that's got to be a record. You've done it. Okay, well This is what you were trying to do. This is what you were going for the whole time. Was this the study? I get a blindness Coming up bonus. With six different blinds? I get a blindness bonus on top of my patient recruitment bonus. Oh wow. This sounds suck it Wilhelm. Suck it. Dr. London, do you do you have any what are you, what are you trying to say, Dr. London? I'm just I feel like maybe this is a good time to just wrap it up. I feel like we've really covered a lot here. And I don't I don't know that I can really endorse this. Uh I bef- d- d- Dr. London before we before we end up wrapping up here a little mm-hmm. bit, I do we've got to do a new segment on the show. This is something that Oh, uh, this isn't the chores, is it? Unfortunately, this is I I've been telling you for so long we need to take care of these chores. We've had this for our listeners, we've had this gigantic chore list that has just piled up more and more and more over the last, you know, whatever, 60 episodes that we've done this show. And I'm getting sick of it. And so we need to, like, we've, we've got to, we need to spin this wheel and we need to do whatever chores on the wheel and just get it done with. It's, and it's 70 episodes now. But so I, that's even more. <sighs> that's even more chores. Yeah. Okay. I don't do want to. Too- but yeah, no, I- we, we have to. May, may I ask two questions? Yes. First of all, do you two live together? We, I, involuntarily. Involuntarily is also how I would put it. I, I uh, have a separate residence, but Cameron appears. He often finds me, yeah. Well, you. In different, like, crawl spaces within the Within home. my home, yes. I thought yeah. you were saying I seek you out. Because I do not seek you out. Uh, no, 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 no. It's entirely on me, but that's because, you know, I'm running different things. I'm running lots of wires. I'm running a lot of connections. There's a lot of electricity going through the walls. Um, just There's a lot of stuff going on, and so there's a lot of maintenance at any given time. So you could say that I live, you know, above, below, behind yes. his house. Yeah. Great. And my second question, you said that this is episode 70 and there are more chores. Can I... Make the assumption here that every single episode you add a new chore to the chore wheel so that now you have 70 chores. I would say that is probably pretty accurate. I would say there's probably around 70 chores. And unfortunately, every time we do a new chore, there's just going to be a new thing added to the chore list. So it's sort of an infinite list. So you make a new chore wheel every, every episode. It must be impossible, depending on the size of it, to get 70 equal pieces onto a chore wheel it gets harder the, every time because we have to reprint and re you know categorize yeah and it's he- i mean it's get, heavy as hell get the proportions and it's, it smells awful too but let's let's go and, and spin it then because i don't want to like keep thinking about it because that's even worse okay yeah i mean it, and, the and smell it, will waft the smell's gonna be so bad so just be prepared for the smell uh, this is Cameron's chore wheel. Uh, uh, DJ Dylan, can you go ahead and spin the wheel? Yes. 
All right. It's landed on therapeutic journal entries. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Well, this... Yeah, we've put these off. Yeah, well, because it's one of those... We've been putting these off for a really long time. I'm not going to lie. And, uh... And... Okay. So, Cameron and I have both been seeing... Well, and our guest here, as part of the contract of signing up to be on the podcast, we've all made uh, these journals. We make journal entries every day, and we just, um, you know, in preparation for the show. And we've been keeping up with this every single day for 70 episodes, so I guess it's good to have it now. So we have these... These journals. As our listeners know, we are part of the Casey Anthony Podcast Network, which is a great network, but it unfortunately it comes with some And I can't say really that I like that. Yeah, our our health insurance is always a little wonky. And the only way we can keep our health insurance down to be on a consistent level is to be meeting with a therapist on a weekly basis to be writing these journal entries and uh and, and, and keeping up with it. So this is something we sort of have to do whether we like to or not. I hate doing these journals, but... So we'll all... Anyway, we've all previously already torn off, um, you know, an entry from the journal and put it into a hat and at random... Uh, it's, it's been mailed out. It's all random. I don't know which of these journal entries is mine, which one is, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Montblanc. Or Cameron's. I, I don't know which one I have. But uh, anyway, I guess we should just read them off. This is supposed to be therapeutic. Like we share. It's like a group therapy kind of thing. All right. Um, should I? Cameron, Cameron, do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, that that that's fine. Let me just uh, let me just stick my hand in the in the hat. It's a huge hat, by the way. I don't mm-hmm. understand why the hat needed to be this big for three pieces of paper, mm-hmm. essentially. And They're just one-page journal entries. We did mail the three pieces to each person. It's like a very specific system we have. Yeah, I, I so, really hate it. It seems convoluted. And the hat so that we mailed. In, in my hat, I have my journal entry, and I have Cameron's journal entry, and actually also Dr. London, so I could pick one that's already been read or my own. Potentially, it's it's a flawed system for sure. Once again, this yeah. wheel—it's all been building up. But I, I let's Cameron, if if you wouldn't mind just taking yours out, or sorry, whoever's you have. Yeah, yeah. Let me just uh, uncrumple this piece of paper. <clears throat> Journal, June third, nineteen ninety three, or at least. That's what it feels like whenever I put on the my favorite Spin Doctor song. And I think back to growing up and thinking again about the thing in this world that I despise the most. The way he walks, the way he talks, and the way he curls up in that little extremely expensive dog bed that I hate so much. What am I supposed to do? Flash forward. Yes, this journal entry has a flash forward in it to present day, June 3rd, 2020. Despite everything I do, he's still there, sitting on that dog bed, 
up. I can't help it. I'm going to blow it up with explosives. The end. Okay. Wow. Thank you. That was very love. Dr. Natasha Montblanc. Dr. Natasha, that was that was yours. I feel so stripped bare. It's you know this is part of the as we learned in our group therapy sessions that we did right before the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I it hurts a little bit to be that raw and vulnerable mm-hmm. in front of an audience of three people that could potentially be us, but you need that raw vulnerability to learn how to heal. It's why if you have a wound, you don't just let it sit and and, and so it can figure itself out. You take some salt and you pour it all over the wound just to get that sting. And then you let it heal. I, I, well, okay. So medically I would say, uh, never, never mind. This is therapy. This isn't, this is, this is a, uh, you know, psychology. Never mind. I'll try to stay out of, this is our therapist directions. So you express yourself however you need to. Um, okay. So, uh, Dr. Montblanc, would you like to go next? I guess it's down to either reading the same journal entry from yourself. Yeah, unfortunately, I guess there's no way to eliminate the pieces of paper in our system. But, I mean, let's add that to the chore wheel. Figure out the paper situation with the journal entries. That's a new entry on the chore wheel. Yeah, well, especially because we have to make photocopies of each of the journal entries so that they're the three going out. And then also mailing the hats. It seems like kind of too much. Like we could just email these. It's very expensive too. But anyway, uh, so this could be from either of us or go ahead and say, I didn't do all the organizing. It could be another entry of yours. I'm not sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm just going to uh, choose one at random and open it up. Okay. Great. Here we go. October 1st, 2019. Well, I've really done it now. Today, I went into a restaurant for the first time on my own and I sat at the bar and I ordered a beer and I drank it all by myself. There was a mirror across from the bar, you know, behind the bar and they put the bottom shelves liquors right up against it. And I looked at myself and I saw me for the first time in a long time. And I looked at myself and I saw myself and I looked more. And I saw that I was wearing a white lab coat with my name embroidered over the left breast. And it said DrLondonSmith.com. And I cried into my beer so hard and I wouldn't stop crying. People. People walked behind me and some tapped me on the shoulder saying, Hey, fella, you okay? And I just kept crying. And then I finished my beer and I tipped 50%, 50%. I'm very generous. And then I went home and wrote in this journal entry. Goodbye. Wow. You were so ashamed that you're just a GP. Are you talking about? You looked at the. Well, we don't know who who wrote that. That could have been anyone. So Cameron, I don't know if you went to a bar in October uh, and wore my lab coat, but that's, you, you've you done that before. You've worn my lab coat around town before. 
Anyway, so I, I don't mean to shoot ideas down. I don't remember what I wrote on that day. Uh, anyway, I... I'm just saying I don't cry like that. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't cry over just being a GP, and it sounds like you would. That's yeah. so sad, Dr. London. Thank you for being vulnerable in your letter with us. Well, I, I, and I guess I shouldn't deny anything or whatever, because this is more about reading it out and just having it out there, regardless of whose it is, Cameron's maybe. Yep. Uh, just putting it out there. Yeah. So anyway, I'll, I guess I'll read, I'll read uh, mine, which it could be anyone's, whichever one I get from the hat. Well, I've killed again. And this time I'm sure. There was a struggle for a moment, but most of it was emotional, because physically I've figured this out. And I didn't mean to do it this time. And when I say I didn't mean to, I mean I wasn't angry. I didn't, I wasn't mean about it. This is all passionless. This is just what I do now. And that's, I mean, anyway, so yes, I've I've killed it. The, The battery is dead and the funeral, and we will have a funeral because I do not take death lightly. The funeral will be next week. July... 2014. Wow. And who wrote that, Dr. London? Well, that, I, and I don't want to assign any anyone's. labels to that. Uh, that could have been, you know, just like any of these, could have been anyone. I don't want to make assumptions in this because I don't really, from what the therapist said, that's not really the point of it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I feel like that was good. Um, I feel better. I feel like one uh all three of us maybe got something out there yeah i feel like a weight has been lifted off yeah, my shoulders yeah. all right so um i yeah you feel okay i'm i'm fine i'm fine uh, what it it just i mean before we wrap up here is something is something amiss doctor who me doctor Dr. Montblanc? Yes. The the actual doctor, oh, yeah, not GP you. doctor. Um no, nothing is amiss. I'm just feeling a little raw after those readings. That'll do that, but I think the important thing here is we have said it on a podcast, and isn't that what therapy is all about? Mhm. Well, and I mean, granted, next week we'll have to do it again potentially. It'll be back on the chore list because you know, we, it's a weekly therapy session, but yeah, unfortunately. anyway, um, anyway, I, I guess that's a good time to sort of just close it out. So, uh, thank you to Dr. Natasha Montblanc for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great to speak with both of you and get, uh, the news of my research out in the world. And if anyone wants to, uh, apply to be in this, the, uh, sex tuplet blind study, that's, uh, uh, just look me up. And if anyone can think of another, another blind, if we can, if we can get this up to maybe like, uh, an oct 
level if we can if we can mm-hmm. get eight blinds going on is that an oct oct octuple octuple i eight? don't think it's it eight. matters okay and that's no that's a great idea i the double blinds really the the best that we reliably have but um anyway so thank you uh for for exposing us to these new ideas of how to i guess understand intussusception uh thank you to our producer cameron thank you to tj doing the house brand new see me as a CEO. I'm a human woman. This dog is a pug. He's already 14. He's not got much class. And here I am. He's not the CEO. He's the black sheep of the family. And we're all his daddy's turn and he's a black pug. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? How is that supposed to make me feel? Of course I'm going to cry when I tell you about my backstory. Of course I'm going to take a job with that kid. Pharmaceutical company that perhaps I funded with my share of the Malbon fortune, but I guess we'll never know. My name is Dr. London Smith.com, and this has been the Jock Doc Podcast. Our eyes are not viewers, they're also projectors that are running a second story. Uh, a it's a spicy meatball. There we go. crowd continues to laugh at you in this current age it seems like it'd be so rare to have so many gathered to laugh at one's expense yet you did it you showed up to this virtual meeting in the underwear that your grandfather had graciously loaned you on such short notice and then you had a prolonged and excruciating flatulent that you had been so sure would be silent rather than tearing through this vintage undergarment, as well as the ears of those present. You lean forward, rear end dripping, just enough to actually be sure that the webcam is really turned off this time. The video feeds of everyone show expressions ranging from outright hilarity to kind looks of frowning sympathy as you shuffle away to the restroom. Speaking of unpleasant social engagements, don't forget to leave a five-star review of the Jock Dog podcast in which you share about your live and video-recorded surprise bowel movements. And while you're at it, go ahead and share the Jock Dog podcast with a friend or foe. You can send them a link to your favorite episode or just send them our handy website, jockdogpodcast.com. And don't forget to take a peek at our posts on social media. We are at Jock Dog Podcast. Thanks for listening.